What's up, horror fans? Anchor Pete here. And if you like glare, you're in the best place tonight. You got glare on Danny's phone. You got glare on my glasses. And uh, we're not talking about J.J. Abrams' movie, though. We're talking about the movie that you have all been talking about on Twitter, like rabid nutcases, for like the whole weekend. We're talking about Malignant. Danny, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well. I'm in the middle of my laundry, but I love this crazy movie, so I'm dying to talk about it uh, with somebody else alive and in person. So let's get to it. Okay, okay. I just finished the movie like 10 minutes ago. I, I've kind of had this movie almost like a secret lover. Like I keep getting like little whispers about it. I'm like, I gotta go check this out. I gotta check this out. And then like, I'll be on like a date or I'm, I'm hanging out with my mom who moved here recently. And I was at a kid's birthday party today. And I was like, I gotta get to the movie. In between the times that I divided this movie up, I went on Twitter and someone posted one thing that spoiled the whole movie for me. Nah. Yeah. I I somehow managed to avoid all spoilers. Are we doing are we just going right into spoiler discussion? So like let's just spoil the shit out of this. Yeah. So if you guys, if anybody's watching and you want a spoiler-free review, I posted a review yesterday that's about 15 minutes or so. It is completely spoiler-free. Go watch that. Uh go watch the movie and You'll watch this movie when when it's posted. Uh, watch this review when it's posted. But yeah, um, I I somehow managed to avoid the spoilers for the day. Plus, uh, this movie came out Friday. I watched it Saturday night with Athena, and um, we actually had uh, one of our friends over who has a daughter the same age as Charlotte. So my Charlotte and her daughter were playing in the room, and we watched it in the living room. And I, this is one of those movies where I feel like if, if something key was spoiled for you, it might take away a lot from the movie. Um, so what was the, what was like the main twist, the thing that was spoiled? Yes. Yes. The main Uh, twist was spoiled for me. And I see we got somebody watching right now. So we are spoiling. Okay. Viewer, but, uh, probably Sherry, but anyway, um, it is her. Uh, anyway, the, the main spoiler, what happened was I went on Twitter and there was a guy that posted the malignant sign that we have right above our picture, right? And he put it over Tom Green, who had a suit on backwards and was looking in the mirror. So it looked like he was talking to the back of his head. You know what I'm talking about? I know about? what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So, so like once I saw that, I was like, okay, she's got the blood on the back of her head. She kind of blacks out. I was like, okay. The, the, there's a twin back there and it essentially takes over. And that's why it walks like this weird gangly puppet thing through the whole movie. God. <laughs> I, I love that so much because it, I guess it, it was so re- over the top ridiculous that I, I didn't predict that that was going to happen. I kind of figured, but when you first see that like one, um, in the flashback or on the video of the little girl. And then you see like this Voldemort-esque, like, (laughs) (laughs) I was just like jaw on the floor. I mean, look, this is a movie. And I said this in my spoiler free review. I say, this is a movie that is, it's a movie of two halves. The first hour to an hour and 10 minutes is just kind of there. 
right. it, it, I actually said it reminded me a little bit of like the unpolished uh, Dead Silence, where it had its moments. Uh, yeah. It was scary at times, but it wasn't great. Uh, there were some there were some issues I had, uh, but then, whoa, that last thirty minutes is <laughs> so blissfully entertaining and ridiculous and scary and action-packed and i just the brain got turned off and i just absolutely loved everything about the ending of this movie yeah well speaking of the brain that's the part that, okay so first off the voldemort thing you said so spot on there because that was just like voldemort and the little thing just ah, growling it was like too much i was like i couldn't believe what i was seeing but then when she gets jumped in the jail cell and oh. then she like she goes like this and she's feeling the back of her head and then her skull opens up and the face comes out of the skull that's that's so ridiculous i i said i said to athena and to our friend ruby who was over i said this movie feels like it is simultaneously made and taking place in 1981 2001 and 2021 all at the same time wow cuz it's like that prison scene is like directly out of every cheesy prison movie made in the late 70s early 80s that was like a caged heat type scene with yeah. with all of these stereotypical criminal women i was like <laughs> yeah. there's 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 a black woman with an afro who looks like <laughs> pam greer in the 70s there's right. like the most stereotypically like if i were to say to you draw me a picture of a prison lesbian the, like that would be the stereotype that you drew and that was zoe bell by the way who was um one of the lead characters in death proof quentin tarantino's death proof she's the oh, stunt woman the... oh okay uh, and it goes from that and it goes it transitions from that into like a matrix style action sequence with yeah. some graphic violence and and gore and then it comes back to like a modern, like psychological horror film at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That Danny, that is such a smart comparison. 1981, 2001 and now, right? Because you're right. The, the very end where she has her like mind prison that she traps Gabriel in, that is the modern part there. It's almost like a superhero yeah. movie or something like that. On Twitter, and I think we should bring Twitter into this discussion because holy shit, was Twitter like a buzz about this movie. Like one person said that this movie felt like it was the origin story for a supervillain. And yeah. to me, that's that end scene felt very much like uh, M. Night Shyamalan and, and Unbreakable, where it's like, when, when you come back, I'll be ready. And, and he's in his prison. You know, it's like, okay, there's going to be a sequel to this now. Ah glare no uh -oh. i agree with you i i i even said in my spoiler free review that i can totally see and be, and especially because it's james wan who is the franchise creator right. that he can very easily spin this off into malignant to uh electric boogaloo and and have uh gabriel come back you know and, and i think that like my I think that was all of my issues in the first half of the movie was I didn't know what this movie was. Cause it's like, there was, you know, you mentioned the superhero stuff. There's, 
there's the parts in the beginning where there's like the controlling of electricity and he's talking yeah. to electricity and it felt like for a minute uh i was watching like brightburn where oh maybe she is maybe she is a twin and the evil twin is like an evil superhero a la brightburn uh and we're gonna and that's what's going on uh yeah. but did you ever see basket case did you watch okay. I'm so glad you just said that because I was about to tell you that I have not seen Basket Case, but I thought that this was like the closest thing I could picture to being like Basket Case. So I've right? seen that comparison a lot and it makes perfect sense. Were you yeah. an X-Files person? Have we talked about? Uh, yes, I did like the X-Files. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there was an X-Files episode, like a Monster of the Week episode of X-Files, where a guy had a parasitic twin that would detach and commit yeah. murder. I and remember that. And I remember, and like the second I hear the words like parasitic twin, I think of that episode of the X Files. I think of an episode of Tales from the Crypt that did the exact very similar story. Um, with, that. that show was on in the early to mid nineties, right. uh, and on Fox. And then I thought, of course, a Basket Case, which if you haven't seen it, that's a movie. You there's stuff that goes on in that movie that you will not believe, and like. It takes place in the early 80s. So, again, right. that, it, it made me think of that, like, early 80s vibe. I know that – I think Basket Case was shown on uh, Last Drive-In. I know Joe Bob loves Frank Hennenlotter. Right. That's exactly where I wanted to go with this because, like, okay. I'm wearing my Joe Bob shirt, and I felt like this movie is a movie that would have been on the Last Drive-In, and it would have fit in perfectly, you know? And, and like, you were talking about showing it to your wife. Did your wife like it? So Athena doesn't love, she likes, she'll watch horror movies if they're based on Stephen King books because she loves Stephen King. Right. Anything else, especially like really gory stuff, she's not in for. Uh, uh -oh. But her friend, uh, our friend who came over likes horror movies. So Athena was like, all right, I, you know, uh, I'll watch it with both of you, you know, so... She sat and she watched it and she, we, let's put it this way. I think this movie was better because I was going to go see this movie by myself in the movie theater. Right, and right. I feel like if I had gone by myself to the movie theater for the first viewing of it, I might not have loved it as much because for the first hour I would have been sitting there and I would have been like, I, I don't think this is a good movie. I don't yeah. think it's that great. But because I had two people next to me and we were watching it on HBO Max, we were kind of laughing at those ridiculous moments and sure. it made it better. Um, so Athena did kind of like it. And because I think a lot of the gore was so fast and action based, yeah. like you can tell that Juan has kind of left the conjuring behind and he's got a lot of that fast and the furious Aquaman uh, yeah. in him now. Uh, so she did not dislike it. Uh, and we all kind of just jaw on the floor, hysterical, crazy, like reactions to that last 30, 35 minutes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's my, uh, our friend Ruby was like, I think it's like about an hour into the movie. She was like, I think it's something with the back of her head because yeah. why would her head just keep bleeding like that? And we nope. were like, yeah, all right, maybe, uh, okay. But, I mean, 
nothing can prepare you for when like she literally just rips the back of her freaking head open yeah and then starts like bending her yeah i was convinced that that was like uh, a contortionist doing that like right. i wasn't sure if that was like cgi or if that was just a contortionist doing it because that was such a creepy effect yeah and it really made those action sequences like stand out and Ooh. and but you know you you brought up twitter before and i think it's so telling with twitter with this movie especially i saw so many reactions that ran there's very few people that are just like it was okay there's <laughs> like uh, a a guy that uh writes for geeks of doom uh who i talk to a lot on social media he was like that was an embarrassingly bad movie and i was Whoa. like okay yeah. but then, like a lot of other people in the horror community that i talk to a lot on social media and that i interact with were like holy shit i freaking love that movie uh, uh chris, <laughs> chris, you know former lassercast member chris he posted a review to his channel you know and and the phrase that he used was uh, and he really liked the movie, but the phrase that he used, which is completely accurate, was is James Wan takes some big swings in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I can see Chris saying that. I you know, honestly, I, I can't say that I like completely love this movie. I, I asked you about your wife because I think that if I showed this movie to my wife, Sherry, I think that she would hate this movie. I think she'd think it was really stupid. I you talked about the guy that made Basket Case. He also made uh, Brain Damage, right? Yeah. So, so Brain Damage is like this disturbing movie that's really funny and creative, and that's kind of what this reminds me of. Um, I, I don't like people on Twitter. Since we're talking about Twitter, a few people thought that that very first scene, they were convinced that that first scene was going to be that you were going to pull back and it, that you were watching a, a scene from a movie because it was so like over the top. Right, that you were going to pull back and it was going to be like Scream, where you're like watching a movie at first, right? And it wasn't. And there's some over the top dialogue. People said it was like kind of like soap opera acting. I mean, even the very last bit of dialogue, right when the movie ends, where uh, you know Madison tells her sister, she's like, I, I always coveted a living sister or some kind of shit like that. It's just like so over the top. So the, the movie itself there were so many um, there were so many just individual mo my favorite part of this movie my absolute favorite scene in this entire movie and a moment that athena and our friend ruby and i all like lost it completely was yeah. just when the sister gets to that like house on haunted hill hospital <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and she pulls her car up to the edge of the cliff <laughs> Why would you park the car there? Right. <laughs> I was convinced. I was a hundred percent convinced that that was like Chekhov's car, and it was going off the cliff. And right. Because, like, unless she just didn't see that, who parks that close to a cliff? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, but that whole sequence, right? I was like, is there something from this sequence that they they cut out? Because, like. They have this gigantic, amazing complex that she goes into, and it's just her by herself, and she just goes yeah. in, and it's like so ridiculous. It's like, okay, this one girl by herself is going in there, and then, um, and then she literally is like in the basement. She's like, oh, the basement, of course. So now she's in like the dark basement, and she's like, 
what's that? Right. I better get out of here. And then in the next, like, it just cuts to her. She's back with the mom watching video. Right. And I'm like, right. oh, so she's not flying off the car off the cliff? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's why I really did think there was like a scene there that they might have cut out. But like, there just were a lot of things. It just seemed like so over the top. Like even in the beginning with the uh, the husband that like hits her head against the wall, right? That little scene where the two of them are talking to each other. Like, I felt like that was so over the top too. Yeah. You know, he's like watching like a baseball game or something in their bedroom. And she's coming home like, I'm pregnant. I'm so, I'm in pain. And he's like, fuck you. I want to watch the game. I, I just thought it was like so over the top. It, uh, you know, I, I, we brought up that like house on Haunted Hill style hospital. A lot of people I've seen say that like this movie feels like it belonged in that late 90s, early 2000s, like House on Haunted Hill remake level, where it's more of a companion piece to those movies. I think it was Dark Castle. That was the company that made all those. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's better than the House on Haunted Hill, The Haunting, 13 Ghosts. It's better than those movies. But it does feel like a companion to those types of movies. Like I said this in my non-spoiler review, where it it felt like James Wan had been saving up all of these horror ideas, uh, and then he just decided to throw them all in one movie. Yeah, like That's... we're we're gonna have a, a, a psycho, a, a serial killer who can a, a Jalo style serial killer with the black, you know. Uh, trench coat and the hat, uh, the, the the wig and the and the, the gloves and the sharp weapon. There's going to be a superhero element where they can speak through electricity. Uh, there's going to be the parasitic twin angle. There's going to be the evil hospital on the hill that's doing experiments on children. There's going to be the adoption, the secret adoption. You know, the mom who kept videotapes where the dad just videotaped. Like if if I was like videotaping like my kid's birthday party and they started like talking to themselves, I wouldn't just keep the camera on them <laughs> while I was like chastising. Like, what are you, doing, Charlotte? Yeah, yeah. I would turn. I would put the camera down and be like, "What's going on, babe?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that's a really good point too. I didn't think about that. I actually kind of liked that stuff when they were showing her as a kid. I like the idea that she yeah. had like this imaginary friend. I like that angle. Oh, that's, just like, oh, there's an imaginary friend who comes alive. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was almost like an evil, like, drop-dead Fred. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Yeah, like, it would have been cool if it was something like that. But I, I don't know. It's it's just so over the top. And, and a few things I want to bring up, too. Like, I, I I think that all the characters are kind of silly, no matter what. But I did like the detective and his partner. And I like that his partner didn't, like, believe her at all or, or give a shit about her. And then um, they both get hurt. And then you have this this uh, forensics cop who loves him. And there's this great part where she runs in and she sees the, the partner who's cut. But then she just like walks over her body to go see him. Right? I, I love that part. Now, I think that like forensic cop. Yeah. Like the, the, the girl who has like a crush on the detective. I think she might have been one of the co-writers of the movie. Oh, yes. Okay. I, I'm Ingrid, Ingrid Bisu, I think her name is. 
Ingrid Bisu. Yeah, that's right. She's an actress. Yeah. And then the other person, her name's Akela Cooper. There's yeah. no Lee Winnell for this one. It's just James Wan no. and these two. But um, but there there were uh, Conjuring Universe actors all over this movie. McKenna Grace played the young Maddie, um, and she was in Annabelle Comes Home. Um, in like the opening scene, uh, one of the I think one of the women from Curse of La Llorona is there. So there, there's a lot of uh, they, they. He managed to like sprinkle in some Conjuring Universe people. Isn't Annabelle Wallace? Isn't she? Oh, the... of course, of course. Yeah, she was. Yeah. He was the lead in Annabelle. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. It's just like so ridiculous, and especially like one thing that kind of bothered me too was during that whole killing spree. Gabriel's just like slaughtering people left and right with like e efficiency. I think you said on Twitter you were like. Oh, this is a scene better than anything in the Matrix, right? It's just like slaughtering people. But then when it came to the main characters, it's like, oh, well, he just got them in the shoulder or just cut them. You know, I, that was like a little too much for me, too. Yeah, well, I, I, of course, you know, they, they you're never going to, very rare that they're going to kill off the main characters because they have to be there in Malignant, too. So That's right. Did you uh, think that the sister got shot in the head when he shot her? Or you thought that was? Did you think that was a fake out? Oh, I yeah. I when that happened, it was so sudden that I instantly said to myself, "Oh, she took over, and now this is the she's trapping her now. Uh, him, she's trapping him now." Okay, right, right. But oh, I'm now. I'm just thinking now about like them like shaving down the body of like the parasitic twin and then shoving the rest of it into her. <laughs> yeah. like, like I had a friend on Facebook who said when I, I posted it, like right after I saw it, I was like, everyone needs to watch this movie because it's so batshit insane. And he was like, Oh, it was terrible. It was gory, but not, it was really bad. And I said, I understand that. But the last 35 minutes of this movie made up for every issue I had in the first hour plus. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to be talking about the last 30 minutes of this movie. And I'm going to probably go upstairs and rewatch the last 30 minutes of this movie uh, multiple times. Uh, yeah. Maybe skipping the first hour plus and just getting right to the good stuff. <laughs> and... You know, like a lot of movies that are better than this, I'm not going to revisit. You know, uh, Chris made a, somebody said to Chris uh, and he posted about it. Oh, um, you should just watch Daniel Isn't Real, which was a, a oh. really, really good low budget horror movie. And I saw it and I really enjoyed it. But I'm struggling to remember basic plot points of that movie. And maybe it's right. really biased because I just watched this movie. But this movie is so freaking out of out of the, you know. I compared it to Drag Me to Hell. I don't know if you saw. I have seen that. But only because it's James Wan returning to horror with a completely off the wall movie that you're gonna remember for some of these just crazy. Like I will never forget seeing Drag Me to Hell and like the projectile vomits. All of them, the goat right. seance, the seance where the goat starts talking, like that was Sam Raimi returning to horror after the Spider-Man movies and saying, I've had a lot of pent up 
shit, I need to get out in a horror movie. Yeah. And here it is. And this is what it felt like with James Wan, where he was like, look, Aquaman and Fast and the Furious, they're making me a lot of money, but I have a lot of pent up horror shit I need to get off my chest. And right. here it all comes. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good comparison there. I think you're 100% on the money, you know? I, and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I'm glad that we got to, you know, talk about this. I know you got to go back to work tomorrow and do school shit tomorrow. And yeah. uh, I got I to go back to work tomorrow too. But uh, I know like it's starting where you live. Um, so now you got to go fold some more clothes. But if you guys like to watch me and Danny just talk about social media and horror movies for <laughs> like 20 minutes, then make sure you like and subscribe to the Lassercast. We are not done with our uh, James Wanathon. We recorded a review of Dead Silence. We just haven't gotten it up yet, but that's coming out this week too. So, Danny, uh, what do you call? We got that, and then is there anything else on the horizon too? Uh, well, I mean, if, if they haven't already checked out um, our interview with Max Booth the Third, the writer of We Need to Do Something, both the novella and the screenplay, that's up on our channel now. Kick-ass yes. horror movie that you could uh, get on VOD, uh, or if it's playing in your area, which. Even Max Booth the Third said it wasn't playing in his area, and it's right, right. so uh, you might as well just get it on VOD. But um, yeah, uh, Charlotte and I are almost done with the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Uh, okay. We we have about I think three movies to go in that, so she's super excited to finish that franchise and do a ranking video for those. Uh, so that's definitely on the horizon for us. I know that uh, Charlotte and I did the Evil Dead trilogy. We want to get back to that and uh, start watching Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, and then, you know, it's we're almost midway through September. So I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure we're going to probably review some horror movies uh, as October rolls around. So Probably. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of which, uh, Pepper and I, you know, because Danny and I do stuff with our daughters, Pepper and I have watched and reviewed uh, Silver Bullet. I just need to edit that video and throw it up on the channel too. So you guys got a lot of horror content coming your way. Whether we're outside, you know, on the street or in my house, we're going to bring it to you guys live from the Lassercast. We'll see you guys right. next time. Take it easy.